Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman Podcast, where I sit down with fabulous people to have go-in conversations. Primarily teachers changed my mission to where I want to encourage a million teachers weekly. I am a long way away, but I am not going to give up. And uh, I think one of the ways of kind of encouraging teachers is by having conversations with teachers and uh, those who support education. And so... Uh, today, I am sitting down with Jerry Mick. Jerry, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing good. Now, we've been doing pre-conversations uh-huh. before we actually got started, so that's normal. Right. Because then you're like, man, I should have recorded all that before we got started. Because <laughs> such a good conversation. Uh-huh. And then my wife was in the building. Right. And she was helping me adjust mm-hmm. uh, our cameras and everything. Because mm-hmm. I would have just hit play. Right. But I can't look at it over here on this side and say it looks better. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to my wife. Uh, that it looks better. She's pretty awesome. She is awesome. <laughs> She's awesome. Now, when did you first meet Bernadette? I think I first met Bernadette was either with having at Central with Zale and Nia, uh-huh. but then just really kind of talking to her and getting to know her when she helped me paint paint my classroom when yeah. I first went back into third grade, and I think that was 2017. Wow. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, because we started the church in 2016, mm-hmm. and then just really doing community outreach stuff and yeah. one of the things is was coming in and help paint in schools yeah. and that was I remember a really great y'all moment. doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A yes, lot for yes. the schools. I thought that was yeah. really awesome. And we still try just try mm-hmm. to do it in different ways, you know. Yeah. And so uh but yeah those are good times uh being able to go in and help paint. I think what happened was we do this thing called Love OKC one day mm-hmm. and uh we would go and paint houses. Mm-hmm. And for some reason we weren't able to paint houses that year. So we decided, hey, let's paint schools. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we, we did that. I think that uh, Fogarty and the junior high. Mm-hmm. Think, well, yeah. fun fact, because I was at the junior high, and I remember getting a card oh, sent did- from you, from North Church, yeah. saying, you know, thank you for all you do and yeah. everything else. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, you got a basket here recently, right? I did. Okay. I did. And today I went and bought all kinds of stuff for STEM kids for my kids. This That's week we're cool. going to do, like, the marshmallow challenge and... We're going to say Fred and toothpaste challenge and talk about our words and how we can't put them back in once we let them and spew once you out. Let them out. That's <laughs> Us adults need to be working on that uh-huh, as well. Uh-huh. Yes. I like to use verbal vomit sometimes. Yeah, that some, it uh-huh. just all comes out <laughs> and you don't want it and going back in. Out, you, yeah, you can't, yeah, no, you no, can't. no. <laughs> now, where do you get these kind of activities from? Like, it's, Now, do you dream them up and come up oh, with no, different no. stuff, or do you oh, borrow from somebody? I am not that smart. <laughs> I'm not that smart, nor am I that creative. Marsha has this wonderful little um, drive. The, you know, the Fogarty teachers, she supports us. She gets whatever we need. Uh-huh. You can get online. You can get on teacher pay teachers. You can get on Pinterest. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can get on the school curriculum. Gotcha. That's something I'm going to be adjusted to because we have a new curriculum for me, at least, I think they got it last year that I've got to learn how to, um, you know, put to practice and everything else. And then I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about the science of reading and all the things that go into reading, not just, mm-hmm. you know, one particular set of skills, but all of them that create a good reader. And so there are some personal goals that I have this year for myself that's going to be Interesting to say the least, but I think and I pray that my kids benefit yeah. from that stuff. Gotcha. So. That's good. Mm-hmm. Now, your, your, do your goals change every year or do you have like, hey, for example, let's say that mm-hmm. your goal is to 
have 20 kids with read at a certain grade level. Mm-hmm. Like, do you pretty much change? I mean, do you change goals each year or do you keep the same? No, I mean, you, you teach the standards, but my, my goal has always been from the very first a kid to know that she can or he can walk in my classroom, feel safe, feel loved, be able to take risks, and be part of the family. Yeah. I mean, I call us the Nuggets. We're the McNuggets. We're family. <laughs> we're, we're genuine pieces of valuable gold in my classroom. That's, so. Oh, I like that. I like <laughs> nuggets that. of gold, like not the nuggets you yeah. eat. Because <laughs> that's I the first like, thing okay. they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was going. Uh-huh. But that makes sense now. Nuggets yep. of gold. We're yep. all nuggets of gold. Yep. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Scott Mick came up with that one. Oh, did and he? And I just ran with it. Oh, got you. <laughs> was that something, Scott, your husband, mm-hmm. who was also an educator? Yes, Kind of shared that with you, like yes. And so, is well, that something was, that he did, or I was the monkeys when I taught kindergarten. I taught kindergarten for my first three years in education, and yeah. so we were the mixed mighty monkeys. Okay. Well, went in the library, and then when I went back into the classroom, I was in the library for eight years, and then went back in the classroom as an unexpected blessing with Marsha, and I was like somebody else was the monkeys. So he started thinking. Of course, he's very witty and. I'm not. <laughs> he came up with that, and it just stuck. So came up with the nuggets. I yep. like that. I yep. like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, so now you're a teacher at this moment. Like when you were a kid, what did you dream of being? A writer. Oh, really? I wanted to write. Yeah, I love to read. I mean, eight. I think it was third. It was third grade when I really figured out that I wanted. I loved to read and Babysitters Club. That was like my thing, and a tornado could be going around. And I'd have my nose in a book, and everybody made fun of me. Uh-huh. I'm still a book nerd now, uh-huh. um, but I wanted to write. Just never, I haven't gotten that one great idea yet for the book. For the book, so nonfiction <laughs> or fiction? Fiction. Okay, fiction. fiction. And uh, so, did you? So you want to be a writer? Like, mm-hmm. did you pursue that in college? Like, what was? Well, I was a late bloomer in college. Okay. Um, High school was a rough road for me, and I knew if I went to college, which my grades weren't that good anyways, and I knew if I went to college, I was going to get myself in way more trouble. So I decided to do the work life, and I worked full-time. I was assistant manager at a music store at the mall and, you know, just moving out on my own, living life. And then Scott and I met, and we we went to high school together, but we were from two completely different social groups. Okay. And so we met up through some friends, and he ended up working there, and— once we started dating, I figured it was time to time to either do something with myself or I wasn't going to – I was going to be in retail for the rest of my life. And I didn't want to do that. I mean, no. he was going to school. He was about done. So that's when we started, and I started NOC in Enid. Oh, yeah. And then we got married and moved here and went to UCO, and UCO wasn't my jam, so ended up at OSU and got my early childhood degree from OSU, taught for three years, and then went back to get my master's in the library. Did so. you go back to OSU to get your master's? No, I got I went back to UCO for okay. my master's. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it was closer and it was more online and yep. I left OSU with a lot of debt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna leave I'm, that. I'm, I'm leave still that paying for OK <laughs> Oak State, but hey, go Pokes. Go we, Pokes. I loved my time there. Yeah. So yes. I, that's time that was still very special to that's me. Good. So that's good. but yeah. So you and Mick high school together? Scott, well, you and your husband, high school together, you're a part yeah, of Yeah, we, we're a year apart. He graduated a year ahead of me. Okay. And so the story, the joke is, is we went on a blind date when I was a freshman and he was a sophomore. 
Right, for real. Like, for real. Okay. His best friend, my best friend, hooked us up. Okay. We hated each other. Okay. <laughs> and we never smoked. I mean, we never talked again, spoke again, nothing okay. the rest of high school. Uh-huh. We did not make a good first impression with each other. That is hilarious. And still people, if they don't know that we got married or whatever, uh-huh. like a friend of mine that I ran around with in high school didn't put us two together until we started looking at cars, and he was a car salesman. He was like, Really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I never uh, would have thought it. Yeah, I never yeah, would have thought it. I'm very yeah, different cool. now. By, by God's grace, I'm very different now than I was in high school. <laughs> now, you said that y'all reconnected. At a, like he started working at the music store, too? Yeah, he was home for a semester. He went to Northwestern up in Alva and moved home for a semester. Okay. And through some mutual friends, started hanging out, and he needed a summer job, and he started working there and okay. worked there for... A few months before he went back to school, gotcha. and that's how we—that's how we connected. Do you remember when? Yeah, and, yeah. Then, <laughs> and so it begins. <laughs> yeah. Now, what I'm thinking about is music stores. Like, do they even still have music stores? I don't what think so. What were y'all selling so. tapes or? Oh yeah, tape CDs, CDs. Man, disc jockey, Oakwood oh, Mall. Goodness. It was the jam. I mean, yeah. we had. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Macarena, you know, cassette singles, yeah. CD singles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was just like I remember going to, like going to a music store was a big mm-hmm. deal because it would typically have more than just music, but mm-hmm. it was all kind of around music. Yep. And even the Barnes and Noble stores back in the day when they mm-hmm. had the music section in the very back. Hastings, and, yeah, Hastings, Hastings was our big. Yeah. Hastings was our big competition. We hated Hastings. Okay, so so were you just a big music fan, or you just took a job? No, I just took a job. Um, in high school, I took a class called Deca my junior and senior year, and that was like really good for me because it was you went to school and then you got to get out of school early and go to work. Yeah. And so that was, that was more what I was into. And so the teacher of the class, you know, you learned how to interview for a job and go apply and, you know, communication and all that stuff. And he would communicate with all of our bosses and make sure that we were doing the right thing. And so my first year I was, um, a Sonic car hop and fountain girl and then i got a job just as a little teller or not teller um what do you call it just working retail selling yeah. cds and stuff yeah. my senior year and it was a long time ago yeah. 94 94 to 2001 oh, i mean wow. i eventually i eventually be you know worked myself up to third key yeah and then assistant manager and when we left i was assistant manager there so wow mm-hmm. pretty cool but yeah. she's like no retail we gotta yeah. get out of this yeah i yeah, yeah. i knew yeah. and then when we moved here i went to work for the school age care program for guthrie and that's kind of when i discovered that I had a gift with kids, and I loved working with them, and that kind of changed my route to go into education. So gotcha. I had a couple of teachers that really, really kind of inspired, inspired you. Mm-hmm. So you you were working there. Had you already started school or no? Yeah. You well, started school. I started school in '99. Yes. So I was still there, and then transferred when we moved here. I took a semester off yep. the fall of '01, and then started in 2002 down here. So what was your major then? English. Oh, just okay. Mm-hmm. Was it because you wanted yeah. to be a writer? Yep, I didn't know what I was going to do, uh-huh. but I knew I liked English, and I had some upper-level English literature classes and things like that, because I was a book nerd. And so, but then once I got here, that's when I decided, yeah, I think I want to go work with these 
little five-year-olds. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> what was it that inspired, like, did you just see how they were able to make a difference in these kids' life? What was it No, about? it was the kids. Okay, it was the it kids. It was the kids. Okay. I mean, I got to go hang out with, I mean, I still, and I still see my kids that I had, and they're all grown up now. Yeah. And you still make those, you know, those, those connections and, some of my very first friends, you know, were were the parents of these kids because I did, you know, it was half day kindergarten then, so we yep. had morning SAC and afternoon SAC, and I mean, two, I was, two different groups. Yeah, two yep. different groups, uh-huh. and so I worked with Vicky Davis, um, and then they had moved me out just to be an, an assistant with Harriet Reeves, mm-hmm. but that school age care, I mean, I got to hang out with some some pretty awesome kids. There was a couple of, you know, Miss Michelle Bufford. The little girl, Jalea, um, it was her, and it was Kamisha, and it was Alma, and just a bunch of those kids. And yeah. every day after school, or, you know, when they were there, they'd play with my hair. I remember they would play with my hair, because we just played. We yeah. just, it was just play. I yeah. mean, we got to do things, but they would. And I remember they got mad at me, because I cut my hair. My hair was really long. I cut oh. my hair, and they were mad at me. So... What but made was, you cut your hair? Because it's, it's still short, it's short now. Oh, no. no. <laughs> well, I've grown it out, <laughs> yeah. and I've changed it up. I mean, I it's uh, it's never the same, but I don't know that I'm going to grow it out again. Cause okay. This is, this feels, this is easy. <laughs> this feels good. I mean, especially 110 degrees outside yeah. right now. The, um, the older we get, we're like, okay, mm-hmm. what's easy? Is yes. I'm not even caring about anything. Yes. I mean, yes. you still want to look good, but what's yes. easy to look good? Yes. yes. But And I think Guthrie just had that... I don't know. It was just something about Guthrie and the Guthrie kids, and you just figure out that you have a connection with them, yep. and you want to take them home, and you know, it just kind of, it was, you know, even though I was really kind of far away from the Lord at that time, yeah, it was kind of God's way of saying, yeah, this is this is what I think you need you need to do. Yeah, so. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, and you kind of been in the classroom now, and mm-hmm. you've done some library, yeah, library, yeah. like what. You still get to make an impact on kids in mm-hmm. both in both settings. Yes. But what it like for somebody who's like, I don't know, mm-hmm. what would you say the difference is in how you're making the difference in those kids? Well, like when I was a librarian at Cotterell and Central, I had five hundred kids because mm. I travel back and forth Got versus you. when I was at Waller the last four years, I had seven hundred and sixty some odd kids. Mm-hmm. And I saw them all mm-hmm. within the span of two weeks. I, I had a set schedule where each kid would come every other week and relationships with kids is always important to me. I'd got to know, you know, some kids I never really talked to or anything, but there were some, I knew them by name. They knew me by, I mean, that was a big thing for me anyways. Knowing your name and knowing who you are and I mean, connecting through books or just through seeing you every other week. That was, so it's, it's a much larger scale versus your own little family. Yeah. I got you. Got you. Yeah. You're seeing every kid versus maybe having 30, Mm-hmm. Of the same kids that you yeah. see every day, yeah, and maybe not have to have as much interaction mm-hmm. with them because yeah. because of the rotation that's happening in and out of the class, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. What is the uh, thinking about teaching? What is the hardest thing for teachers? Like, and I think it's probably different for each teacher, right? Yeah. But what for you as a, a teacher? What is the hardest thing? The hardest thing is I, the hardest thing is worrying that you're not doing the right thing mm-hmm. by the kids. Or teaching them enough, or you know, you they come to you with such issues, and you want to just make it, you want to make it better for them. You want to help them, you know, kids that come to you that don't know how to read and they're in third grade, and you're like, how can I help this kid have more confidence? How can you know? 
I think that's the hardest thing for me, not being able to take the ones that I know need love in a home that, you know, because I think that's what makes me connect with those kids even more because it was hard for me growing up. I mean, yeah. there was there was a lot of dynamics in my family that were hard, but um, those kinds of things, just making sure I'm teaching them everything they need to know to go to fourth grade. Plus third grade, that stupid test. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, be honest, you know, yeah. you, got, you got your third grade test, you got your eighth grade test, you got those uh, things that, you know. Are those the tests that determine if you move on? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's in third okay. grade, yeah. Did we always have, I don't remember. No. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. That I'm was like, one of those things that, you I know, when you still be in school if I yeah. had to pass some tests. Well, whenever we, you know, you asked what's different now versus, well, you know, the no child left behind thing, you know, that's kind of when I started my teaching career. And I think we're seeing the effects of all oh, the testing and yeah, yeah. the lack of social development in schools because we focused more on the academics mm. and the technology portion and everything else. So, no, I mean, that's that really genuinely is yeah. third the third grade. That's the hardest thing. And we're going to talk about that this week with my third graders because okay. I've already had a couple kids ask me and talk to me about it, and they're worried. Really? Yeah. Is it because they've already done it? or I have several. Are... I have several that are yeah. – that this is their second time around. I've had se- I've had students that have had – their siblings have had to repeat, and yeah. um, it's, it's a stressful thing. I mean, they worry about that test, and we're in August. That test is not until April. My oh. daughter, who was way ahead – she did not believe she was going to fourth grade until she got that paperwork at the end of the year. It wasn't even the state test grades. Mm-hmm. It was testing that was from the school that said she was going on. So, I mean, that's, this is a big deal for wow. our little eight, our yeah. little eight and nine-year-olds. So Yeah, wow. Yeah, I didn't even – so is that a – you remember how we used to do the – was it Iowa test? Yeah. Is this the same thing oh, and no. now you have to pass or no? No, you have – I mean, like you have to. And if you okay. don't pass that, you have to pass some form of measure – that says that you're on grade level or whatever before okay. you go on to fourth grade. Okay. So wow. it's a huge, yeah. huge challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is your favorite thing about teaching? Oh, the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kids. I mean, you, you, um, one of the first things I instill at the very beginning is the hug, handshake, or high five on the way in as you greet. Oh. And just, I'm glad you're here and, you know, you can talk and you can, you know, just the jokes, especially I think that's why I like third grade because they still love you. Yeah. They're still in Europe to be at school for the most part. Uh And, you know, you can reason with them. But just, I don't know, there's just a thing about being a kid that, you know, you kind of don't grow up. Yeah. I mean, you know, what 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 happens when we grow up? We got to pay bills. (laughs) We got to take care of our own kids. I mean, all of that. Then you're. Then at some point, your parents, because yes. when they get older, if you have your parents around, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm now yep. getting the opportunity to kind of yep. be somebody for my parents that I never thought I would mm-hmm. have to be, you know? Yeah. And so, but, I mean, I'm grateful to be able to do it. But, I mean, yeah. if I'm going to spend my day doing something, I'd rather go and spend it with some kids. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, just hang out and have yeah. fun. And, I mean, and teach we get something our, in it. It in the is. Mix of it. Yeah. yeah, and it's an artwork, and we, I mean, we start developing those procedures, and we mm-hmm. don't just sit all day long and do worksheets. We're doing rotations and centers and science and social. I mean, we're doing we're doing it. We work hard from yeah time they walk in till the time they leave. Like, how do you manage the space between like time working and then breaks? Like, is there a rhythm to that? Oh like, yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Is that something they teach you, or do you just kind of learn by each class? You kind of learn. Okay. I mean, that's something I figured out last, I mean, like already with the kids that I had. Um, You know, you have a a schedule that you want to do this at this time, this at this time, this at this time. Well, you take a little bit longer doing something, and then I'm doing my read aloud, and we're having snack, and I look up, and half the class is just, like, all over the place and rolling on the floor, and I'm like, all it's right, time. stop. We're going outside. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a, it's a a time to just go and run around. Yeah. And so you figure that out, and that's the nice thing about not having real set because you can't. you got to figure out what – got to figure out how they learn and fit what you need to with them. Yeah. And I think this class is going to be one that's when you're done – and they're done, they're done, and you got to take a break, and you've got to get them moving, and you got to, you know, which, I mean, how many adults are oh, like that? Sure, yeah. I mean, you can only yeah. sit for so long before, yeah. and I think I do. I mean, like, I constantly, <laughs> you know, my son makes fun of me because he's like, you can't ever be still. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I get myself, like, rocking. I'm like, yep. wait a second, yep. what's, yep. what's wrong with me? Sway inside, <laughs> yeah. side. I literally and, have to stop. My, I'm like, uh-huh. okay, stop, because people are going to think, Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, because just just like it, yeah, we're just adults. We mm-hmm. just kind of figured it out a little yep. bit. Yep, but we're not that much different. Yep. Uh, yep. Thinking about you having to manage so many kids in the classroom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But also, you have children. Like, yeah. is it hard to balance? Oh my balance gosh. that! Oh my gosh, especially the years that I teach. Like Bryant's first grade year was, I was teaching first graders, oh. and so I felt like he got the worst of me. Because all day long, I dealt with six-year-old behavior. And then I yeah. had to go home to a six-year-old that had kept it together all day long for his teacher. And he, yeah. you know, um, I feel like they get the shaft in some ways because you focus so much on what the kids in your classroom need. You know, it was, you know, the day before school started. I still had planning to do. I still had, freak, you know, stuff I was nervous and freaking out about. And then I've got Bryant fixing start. I've got Blakely who's nervous as all get out about going to school. And I think it was 1030, 1045 before I even got to sit down and do my school stuff. So it's, but I had to remind myself, this is their first day of school too. Yeah. And that was a lesson that I learned the hard way about a year ago. Um, year ago in May, we had some things happen personally and you realize how much you think your kids are okay. And they're, they're fine. They've got a great home. They've got great parents. And then something happens to kind of rock the entire world, and you realize how much you don't invest that yeah. you need to be, yeah. and you're putting too much into the other kids. And yeah. And so that was a real that was a real wake-up call for, yeah. for both Scott and I. And so I tried to learn that, and that was why it was 1045, 11 o'clock before I got settled down to do my stuff Yeah, because I needed, and I need, God needed to tell me that's it's their first day, too. Yeah. you got to be present with them. Yeah. So it's a never-ending. Yeah. It is. It's no, hard being a I teacher can, and a parent. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. only imagine. You know, because I'm thinking about um, knowing how much that it takes to, to run a classroom mm-hmm. and to invest in those kids. and. Mm-hmm. How easy it could be to kind of almost neglect your. Mm-hmm. I mean, this it's kind of like my role at, at a church. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, I want to try to take care of everybody's family, but absolutely, I got my own family yep. and wife to make sure. Yes, you know. Yes. And so I think that's that servant good yes. part yep. of either education and ministry. Yep. I mean, I find they're very similar because yes. you're taking care of others. Yeah. I mean, that's your calling. You're yep. taking care of others. And you just naturally assume that they're okay, that yeah. they're fine. Uh-huh. But in some ways, 
and in many ways they're growing up and and yes they're seeing a good example of servanthood but they're also <laughs> seeing a servanthood for someone else versus yes, for their own them. And for your family yeah you know one of the hard questions that I just periodically probably about once a month or so mm-hmm. just have to ask like all right y'all feel like dad's doing a good job mm-hmm. like Bernadette, you feel like I'm doing a good job as a mm-hmm. husband? Yeah. And let's have real conversations around it. If not, yeah. because it's just so easy to get caught up in serving a community and people. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we we have a pretty good balance of just kind of mm-hmm. spending our nights together and just hanging uh-huh. out and laughing yeah. and talking about life and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you always got to be mindful of that. And yeah. Because, yeah, because your family, you don't want to wake up one day and your family's not there. And Right. Well, and I think I saw something that said you're, a pre- you're replaceable. At your job. And that's everyone. Yes. Nobody is irreplaceable. You aren't with your family. Yeah. And so that's a hard lesson to learn. It was kind of cruel. Like, somebody was like, you give your life to your job Mm -hmm. as soon as you die there. As soon as you die, they're already looking for the next yeah. person to fill your role, yeah. right? Like yeah. they're not, yeah. they're not not going to uh-huh. stop life because. She- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I'm not knocking. You know, I I think I did a very good job at each one of my positions, and I mean, I really think I went above and beyond in in this last job at Waller, but it was like as soon as they knew I was, yeah. as soon as they knew I was leaving. They were finding somebody and they found someone. And of course I was training them to do my mm-hmm. job, but you just mm-hmm. realized, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody's replaceable. Yeah. And so your yeah. family's not. Yeah. Your family's not. You're gonna, mm-hmm. They're going to be there with you even mm-hmm. when the things should, uh, when things get crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. um, talking about impact and as a teacher impacting mm-hmm. on our families, mm-hmm. who's the teacher that maybe impacted you that you remember? Oh, I've got a couple. Can okay. I? Okay. So yeah. my sixth grade teacher, Miss Watley, she was a first year teacher and at my elementary school. So this was my second year in at Hayes. And it was that class that was so big that they had to split a sixth grade and a fifth grade. So there was okay. one class that was half fifth, half sixth, and then there was a fifth grade and then there was a sixth grade. So my classroom was in the cafeteria. Okay. Like it was a it was a build and man, we were so bad. I mean, we had the principal in there all the time. She's a first-year teacher. But she got to know us. She played basketball with us. She, you know, mm. she she talked to us. And I'm friends with her on Facebook uh, to this day. Yeah. And I still remember her as being one of my favorite teachers. Yeah. Miss um, Webb in seventh grade, she was my geography teacher. And she sparked my interest of the world. And, you know, I was already a reader and a writer. And she was amazing. And then in high school, I had Miss... Um, uh, Coach Shipley, who was my aerobics teacher and um, my Spanish teacher. Uh, I don't even know why her name slipped out of my because I could tell you two seconds ago. They were the teachers that really listened. I don't yeah. necessarily, you know, I took, I don't know how many years of Spanish. I'm half Mexican. <laughs> I don't know any Spanish, but I remember how she she invested yeah. in us. Yeah. And she was straight as, I mean, like I remember walking out of class the first three days going, I am going to Eat this woman uh-huh. and eat this class. Was she like? Oh it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, she yeah. put up with nothing, but it ended up being the best. Yeah, year. Isn't that crazy class? how that yeah. works? Yes, yeah. It just lets you know how much we need discipline in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. And we don't notice it until maybe later in life, but mm-hmm. then you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so thankful because yeah. I realized those things stuck with me, mm-hmm. and now I'm doing them. I'm teaching them to my kids or yeah. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that was the thing: is school was my safe place. I mean, it was it was the place where it was it was good. It was, you know, um, even though 
things were going on at home I couldn't control. School was still, especially in the elementary, early. I mean, that was my safe haven. Yeah. Now, once I got up to junior high, high school, I got a little wild yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> went, went a different direction. But those teachers that actually paid attention and you weren't just the trouble kid or you weren't just yeah. the one that, you know, had to get on to you all the time. They actually mm. took the time to know you and figure out there's a reason yeah. why you're acting that way. Yeah, for so. sure. I wrote a, uh, a ebook called Hello. Mm-hmm. It's a letter to teachers. Mm-hmm. And really the gist of it is the teachers who kept saying hello to me even when I mm-hmm. probably didn't deserve it mm-hmm. are the teachers who made the greatest impact in my mm-hmm. life. And uh, I just think that it's just so important, like what you were saying about uh, huggers versus, I think the way you said high-fivers. Are, Hug, handshake, high-five. Hand, hugs, handshake, high-five. Mm-hmm. You know, just really know, getting to know them, mm-hmm. right? And I'm a hug or uh-huh. high-five or shake shake their hands, mm-hmm. regardless how bad they are yeah. the day before. Just, oh, yeah. you know, show up and we're going to keep yep. doing it. And yep. that's just that hello, just acknowledging mm-hmm. them yeah. and seeing them for who they are. Yep. And not turning your back on them. Yeah, and they're gonna. Know. I mean, I love them into loving me. Is yeah, what I say. I mean, I like you, I've got to. I've got to. They've got to know I care before they're going to be even willing to do anything right. for me. Right. And right. There's a lot they've got to learn, and some have to catch up and do a lot. But yeah. I mean, they're not going to do anything until they know I care about them, until they know I respect them, until they know that they're safe yeah. enough to be themselves in my classroom, regardless yeah. of they can read or not read makes all the difference yeah for sure that's that's really good mm-hmm. now here, here's another thought i was thinking mm-hmm. about this so but you're a little bit different you you're a teacher mm-hmm. you're a parent mm-hmm. but you were also married to a teacher mm-hmm. like what does that household look like like <laughs> thinking about you make sure that uh-huh. you give attention right but right. then you're married to a teacher like right well and he was a coach he was a coach he was gone a lot yeah i mean and that um it was, it was, I remember when we first got married, Guthrie was his first job. And I remember he told me all the, the time we dated, because we dated for three years. Football, I'd be gone all the time. I'd be gone all the time. I'd be gone all the time. Well, we move. We get here. And he's he, coaching football. It's okay. I'm, I'm there at the games. I mean, that yeah. was, that was a great time for us. But then he started into wrestling. Oh. And then he went into baseball. <laughs> and then he went into summer baseball. Like and then he went back into season. yes, and then back into football. I take football any day. <laughs> I mean, that was rough. I got a dog that year because he was gone all the time. And even with baseball, I still remember him going, What are you doing? It's midnight. Oh, I got caught talking to chapel. <laughs> I mean, it was but it was it was hard, you know, and but the first five years, four years, I was going to school. So he kind of did his own thing in the community and yeah. I was what I could do, but I was going to school working yeah. full time. So I was working either at the country club or at Quell Springs Mall. I mean, I, I wasn't around. And then once I graduated and got a teaching job, then I kind of, and then it was hard because we were around each other a lot uh-huh. <laughs> versus being away. <laughs> you had um, to learn new patterns, yes, right? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. Uh-huh. And then here came Bryant and, you know, he, he, you know, the longer we got on and the more responsibilities he took on from like being just the offensive line coach to, you know, offensive coordinator and head, you know, head assist and all that stuff. And, 
you know, you have that rhythm. You know, Bryant was Bryant was good. Bryant was easy. I mean, he didn't know a stranger. He loved going to football. I mean, the kid was running around in front of the TV every day with a football in hand playing, and the dog, he'd tackle the dog. I mean, so football was life. And then here comes Blakely. And then that's when it kind of got hard because it was two yeah. to manage. And by then he was playing football. So it was it was hard. Yeah. But when we moved to Enid, it was another big adjustment because yeah. that's when he quit coaching. That summer that we moved to Enid was the first summer he'd have off, he'd had off. Wow. Ever. So he just quit coaching. Every he quit coaching sport, everything. everything. He okay. took that whole year off, and he ended up he taught freshman English. He was supposed to go to the alternative school from the very get go, and he didn't get to. He taught freshman English and. Oh, he was so – he did not want to do that. But he was he, – he just took a year off. That next year he was asked to think about doing the middle school. And my nephew was at the school. And so one of the dreams of mine was Bryant and Zane playing together. And we've got pictures of them two on the field together. And Scott's there. And that was it. When Bryant went to high school and, went and played freshman ball, he was done again. So that's kind of hard, though, too. Yeah, you sit next to, to him yeah. with the football, you yeah. know. So I always went to games, not hard, but yeah, it is hard. Um, only because he 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 wants to be able to, yeah, not uh-huh. coach, but he knows what's going on <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know things that drive him crazy. <laughs> um, but so now we're just doing. Now it's different too because he took another job and yeah. now he's gonna be God. So this summer's been adjustment because yeah. he started. We moved the third. He started the fifth. And down in Oklahoma City, so he, just so it's lot. just a lot, a lot yeah. of, a lot of change. Yeah. Um, now that he's not coaching at all, mm-hmm. Brian's still playing ball. Oh yeah, he's it's, been dying to wear that Blue Jay jersey <laughs> since he was a baby. I mean, we moved here the, the third so that he could get started. He had to do driver's ed, and then he was here for summer ball. Got and he was—he's been a Blue Jay his entire life. So. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah, he's—he's he's been there for he. Well, right now he's always played center. Okay. But they've got him doing center and nose guard. Okay. And so he's kind of—they're kind of just feeling him out, seeing yeah. where he's, where he's gonna fit. So. Yeah. He's so quiet. Really. Oh, well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. take it to know him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I can't. I mean, yeah. he just seems like a big teddy bear, but yeah. But there's a lot of kids like that. Then yeah. you see him on that football field, you're like, oh, yeah. it's a different Well, kid. he had to learn his mean. You know, oh, he, was he, really? kind okay. of a, he was okay. always a sweet kid. Okay. He wrestled in sixth grade, and that was probably the best thing for him. Gotcha. Um, especially with going in and tackling and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, he's – and physically, he's – he. It's crazy how much yeah. that kid has grown. So, but now he is has, he as tall as his dad yet? He's about three inches from there. Okay, I was about to say whenever. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's not quite there, but yeah, he's gonna get there because uh-huh. he's what grade? He's sophomore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's gonna definitely get there. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. He's get to be a Blue Jay. Yeah. Oh that yeah, that is really cool. Really cool. Now I don't know. So a side hustle? Do you have a side hustle as a, as a teacher? I no. know, like we talk about. Teacher paying all that, but a lot of teachers do. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you had any kind of special way you was making cash on the side. I didn't. I mean, like I worked at the country club one summer. I mean, I did that for three years while I was going to college. Yeah. Um, but Scott's always been the one that did extra. He's okay. the one that did driver's ed. Gotcha. And summer school one summer, but he he did driver's ed for years. So you could be home. And- so we could, yeah. And I mean, like anytime I'd mention, 
I can go get a job. I mean, I can go waitress or something. I mean, yeah. just something that you don't have to think about. Like yeah. nothing mentally hard. <laughs> you just show up. Just show up, do and it and leave. Do it yeah. and leave and you don't have to plan or yes. anything. And he's like, no, the kids are home. I want you to yeah, be sure. at least, you know, you don't get to be home all the time. But yeah. so enjoy that time. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That, that's cool. Now, when did you start running? Have you always been a runner? Well, no. Um, I started running. My weight has yo-yoed. Yeah. And I've never been really small. And then um, right when I was going to college and student teaching, that's when I got really fit and really healthy, started teaching, had a baby. And then in 2009, I decided, I don't even know how, but Tandy Hastings and okay. I she talked to me about running and I had started, you know, I was running by then cause I'd had my workout schedule and she convinced me to run a half marathon. And so I ran a half marathon with her. And then after that life got in the way, that's when I started master school and full-time work and parent and everything. And weight kind of got on the wayside. And three years ago, three and a half years ago, I was diagnosed as a type two diabetic. Okay. And so I had to make some serious life changes and, Started walking, changing my diet, and that walking ended up turning into running. And I just love to run. That's the only sport thing I could do. I mean, anything else I'm going to trip over, I'm going to kick, I'm going to run into. I mean, I have no athletic ability. and um, But running is just kind of that... I get my music on, and I I go. Just go? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a stress reliever. So have you done any other uh, half marathons? No. Okay. No, I've thought about it, but I don't know. That's a lot of training. Yeah, That's 13 miles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel mm-hmm. you on that. I feel you. Okay, so I asked you about five right things mm-hmm. around teaching. Uh-huh. You know, and you don't have to maybe tell them in order, but mm-hmm. what are some things like for a teacher that's out there listening mm-hmm. that may be struggling and looking for new ways to do things or a brand new teacher is about to start, well, mm-hmm. has already started this school year. Right. What are some things that you would suggest to them? Classroom management. Okay. That's the that's the biggest thing. Um, but second is the relationships. Um, you can't be their friend, but you also can't be mean. Mm. You can be firm, but loving. Yeah. And you can always, the, the relationship part is, and it's that goes, goes back to that discipline. You know, you innately, we all need discipline. Yeah. We all need that accountability. And if you firmly love and expect them to behave in ways that they need to, that makes it safe for everybody. Yeah. Um, so the relationship part in classroom management, I mean, you got to figure out what works for you, but, no. and it's hard some years and that took me a long time. Yeah. It really did. It took me a long time to figure that out. I started with the whole card system and red, yellow, green, and I don't do that. Um, responsive classroom is something I learned with Marsha and that's probably been the best thing, but it's, you know, procedures, procedures, procedures. That first six weeks at school, you build the relationships, you set your procedures, you set your expectations, and then you can fly. Um, so that, you know, that's one of the best books you could ever read on how to establish those, those things in your classroom, um, communication. I mean, you got to be able to communicate with the kids and communicate with your parents and communicate with the students or with the, your teammates. Yeah. I mean, you can't, one of the things is being a teacher, you cannot shut your door and be solo. <laughs> you can't be afraid. You know, you got to have your teacher BFF, even if it's to, I've got to go to the bathroom. Yes, <laughs> can yes, you just hang out here yeah, for a second uh-huh. so I can go? Um, because you cannot leave eight and nine-year-olds unattended. For <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, anybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like any kids, you know some chaos is going to take place the second you walk out the door. Yeah. Um, 
So not and not being afraid to ask for help. I mean, you mm. said, do, do I come up with my own? Yeah. Think no. I mean, Amanda Pering helped me my first. Amanda Pering and Tashina, her name is Vest now. Um, Morgan, they were both who I worked with most those first two years back in third grade, and that was the best thing because it was not. I mean, it was here. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And you know, I of course I've been I'd been teaching for eleven years, but. It was different in the library, and when you yeah. go back in the classroom, it's like first year all over again. Yeah. And so I had to figure out my world and figure out the standards and figure out the. I mean, so, but you have to have your teacher friends. You have yeah. to. You have to have that, and be able to have fun. You cannot go in and be hard nosed, <laughs> hard nosed, mean, yelling at your class, expecting uh-huh. that. I mean, that's that. You leave feeling horrible, and so do the kids. Yeah. I mean, there's you spend 175 days with these babies. Yeah, you might as well make them a good, good 170. And now I'm not saying every day is a good day. Yeah, because there's yeah. some days when you go home and go, oh my gosh, am I even going to go back tomorrow? <laughs> um, <laughs> mental health day. No, I can't take that because it's harder to plan for a sub than it is to just show up. But you know, you got to be able to just. Have fun. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Work together. I love that. Have fun. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our North kids, we had, we say love God, uh, love people, mm-hmm. have fun, and follow Jesus. Like mm-hmm. we And I said, I always tell them, I said, we need to incorporate that in the main auditorium as well uh-huh. because some adults need to remember yes. to have fun and, and not yes. be so serious all the time. But it's, su- it's such a key to having fun. And I think mm-hmm. in having fun, you connect as yeah. well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the challenge oftentimes is like stand firm and having fun. Like yes. I need to still yeah. stay yes. firm. Yeah. I don't want them to think yes. we're just fun all the yes. time. Yes. It's a good hard balance there, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and you can't be their best friend. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't. There's got to be that boundary that mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the adult. I'm the authority. You're going to have choices. You're going to be. You know, there's things that you're going to be able to choose to do, but there's things that you're not going to be able to. And yeah. whether or not you decide to do those affects the outcome of what you get. There's yeah. consequences, both good and bad. And so having that boundary, and I think sometimes when we lose our classes, it's because that boundary was too much in the friend area. Yeah. And then the kids take advantage, you know, because they figure out pretty quickly. But but that's, again, the relationship part. That's the knowing you care. Yeah. That you don't, you're consistent. You're not going to choose one kid over another kid. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to, expect them all to do what they're supposed to do. No, so. that's good. Thank you for sharing those. Mm-hmm. The green, yellow, red. Mm-hmm. What is that called? The, uh, the st- I like the stoplight. The like stop the green, yeah, yeah, stop. you have a great day. Yellow, that's a warning. Yeah. And then red. red you, you're in trouble. Yeah. We got a note home. Trouble. So, <laughs> so Zell, my middle son, mm-hmm. uh, I say middle, I know you know who he is, mm-hmm. just for people. Yeah. My middle son, uh, they used to do the red, yellow, mm-hmm. No green, yellow, yeah. red, mm-hmm. and, and, his, and so, and I think for like for a number of years, like oh yeah, that was te- like the thing yes, for a while. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And so, and Zell had never been on yellow, like he always. And one mm-hmm. day he came home on yellow, and it's the only time that Zell has ever been 
in trouble. Let's uh-huh, say. Uh-huh. <laughs> in and, trouble. And so uh-huh. today, to this day, we still talk about mm-hmm. Zell getting on yellow. Yeah. Because that was his one time that, mm-hmm. you know, he's gotten himself in some trouble. Yeah. But uh, not to say that he's a perfect kid, but that was like a really big deal. Oh, yeah. And he was so scared uh-huh. uh, to come home. Because well, that's good there. that he was scared of being yellow because I remember I got swats at school. When I was in second grade, <laughs> I went home, and it wasn't, what did the teacher do? What did you do? It was, you ever come home after having swats at school, you get double when you get home. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not that's doing that again. Not going to do that again. You know, for me, that's the same way. Like, if you get in trouble at school, you're going to get in trouble when you uh-huh. get home. Yeah. And now it's almost like you get in trouble at school, and then the parents are trying to Come up and accuse or what did you do to my kid? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the hard things. What did you do to my kid? Yeah. What did you do to my kid? And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's so hard. And I know that teachers, one of the biggest things that we can give them is parent support. Oh yeah. You know, and I think that mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. I always tell people when people would always ask me about schools, it's mm-hmm. like, what are the schools like? I'm like, schools are what you make it as yeah. a parent. To me. It is. To me is that I always own that versus me trying to put that on mm-hmm. on the schools. Uh, right. I just want to support the schools in that way. So. Right. And there's some things that people are forgetting with schools nowadays, too. I mean, there's the big issues that are going on. The, yeah. the teacher shortage. The teacher yeah. shortage is very real. Yeah. And we're pulling, we're pulling people that weren't trained to be teachers. Yeah. I was trained. Yeah. I mean, I went to school to do what I did. And, yes, I had to learn a whole lot when I got actually in the classroom. I went to school and I we talked about those classroom management things. We talked about teaching and and interacting with kids and things like that. And lesson plans. And lesson plans. And yeah. you know, oh my god, you had to have like detailed three-page lesson plans for one lesson. There's no way you do that in in the real life, in real world, yeah. but you at least knew the things that you had to plan out. Yeah. And you know, I'm not knocking alternatively certified or emergency certified, but those are the things that they struggle with. Yeah. Because they they think it's just easy to walk in the door and you've got control of the kids and you can teach them. That's not true. And so support for teachers is huge right now because the ones that have stayed are the ones that are staying because of the kids. Because they know, and like even my own self, I haven't left because if I leave, who's going to be there to replace me? And I'm not saying I'm the best teacher there is because I'm far from it. There's a shortage. But there's a shortage. And I, (laughs) you know, I want my kids to have good teachers. Yeah. So. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for sharing all the goodness. Yeah. So cool. It wasn't bad. No, no, it's not as bad. It's just like, (laughs) just like my husband said, it's just having a conversation. (laughs) Just talking about all the stuff that you are. Not like a work interview. It's not the same kind of thing. Yeah, not, no, at no, all, no, not at all. Not at all. No. Well, thank you so yes. much, and uh, thank you for the work you do. Yeah. Uh, keep keep showing up, and uh-huh. uh, let me know however I can serve you. Oh. And and again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hedy Coleman Podcast. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, as always. <laughs>